0: Podcast number 493 for the 15th of May, 2016. This week, Zara Web Designer adds site development features that'll delight visually oriented designers. You might think that you know who invented email, but the story is probably a bit more complicated than you expect. In short circuits, if you want to upgrade to Windows 10 for free, now is the time to do it. The free offer ends this summer. Watson will take on cybercrime. Marketers who talk at people instead of with them may soon find themselves with declining market shares. In spare parts, only on the website, a new top-level domain for your mom, Western Digital finalizes its acquisition of SanDisk, and the market for wearable electronics is big, growing fast, and will be huge. Here we are in the season when it's too warm to turn on the furnace, too cool to turn on the air conditioner, so I'm doing this week's program by an open window. If you hear some background noise, that should explain it. But let's get on with things. Zara for Web Design Zara takes an interesting approach to website design. You shouldn't need to know or even see the HTML that goes into creating your site, they say any more than a car driver needs to know how the engine works. I can't decide whether this is an extraordinarily good approach or an extraordinarily bad approach. Chances are, it's neither. Let's take the automotive analogy just a little bit further. Some people delight in understanding how cars work. I am not one of them. Some people can drive a car with a manual transmission and even prefer it to automatic transmissions. Were it not for some arthritis in my left knee, I would still drive a car with a manual transmission, but I no longer do. So Zara's approach will be right for some people, wrong for others. Those who operate more in designer mode will appreciate what Zara can do. Those who insist on looking at and controlling every bit of code on their website will probably not be fans of the approach. The web is not a magazine. Once a magazine rolls off the press, readers can't modify the design unless they spill a bowl of chicken noodle soup on the magazine. Website readers, on the other hand, have a considerable amount of control over the sites they view, no matter how carefully a designer has specified what each page should look like. Zara Web Designer treats web page design just like print page layout, the Zara website says. Pages can be created from scratch, or users can start with a template. Impressive design features can be added easily without understanding HTML, CSS, or JavaScript. Say, for example, you want to wrap some text around a graphical object. Check it out on the TechBiter Worldwide website. There really isn't a way to wrap text around an object, even with all the sophisticated features of HTML5 and CSS3. So, how does Zara do it? Well, the application cheats. What's happening here is that the text is broken into chunks that will allow my graphic object, a black circle, to be inset. The text is placed inside a div tag and each line of text has a class applied to it. The image then follows the text and is placed using additional CSS. Another trick, one that can be done with HTML5 and CSS3, involves placing a graphic under some text or placing a transparent graphic on top of some text. The result is virtually identical in either case, but placing one object below another can cause problems if you want the user to be able to click on the lower object. Zara's approach here is similar in that the text is broken into individual lines and positioned, then the graphical object is placed on or under the text, your choice. In most cases, users will never see the underlying code. You'll see it on the TechBiter Worldwide website because I saved a page that Zara Web Designer Premium had created and then opened the page in Ultra Edit Studio, a text editor. Zara has adopted a new and interesting approach to updates, In some ways, it's similar to Adobe's continuously updated Creative Cloud program, and in other ways, it's better. Zara says that it understands users' frustrations with having to wait a year for each update, knowing they say that we are working on, and likely finished with, new cutting-edge features and on-trend content. The solution is the 365 Guarantee. It's a subscription service like Adobe's Creative Cloud, So you'll have access to new features, they say, and new content when we develop them at any time during the 365 days after your purchase. Unlike the Adobe Creative Cloud program, though, Zara applications don't stop working if you decide not to renew your subscription. The applications continue to work, they just won't be updated. Zara explains it this way. Users will have access to upgrades and patches to Web Designer released in the 365 days after you purchase and register. Note that these updates continue to work after 365 days in any installations at the date of expiry. But, if you reinstall the software after the 365 guarantee expires and you don't renew, then these updates will not be included. The software will revert to the version at your date of purchase or registration. Another big change this year involves Zara Themes. The company has developed 166 business themes and previously charged $15 for each of them. Now they're all included in Web Designer Premium. No extra charge. So I decided to see what I could do. I thought I'd create a site. Zara's Web Designer Pro Themes make the process of creating a site easy And there's a large enough variety of themes that you can choose from so that your site won't look exactly like anybody else's site. Start the process by selecting a theme and then loading either the full site or individual pages. If the theme you've selected uses typefaces that aren't yet installed on your computer, you'll be offered an opportunity to download them. Many of the templates include responsive design so that the site you create will work on both large and small screens. I selected a theme called Black Nor and wanted to make it relevant for TechBiter Worldwide, so I replaced Black with TechBiter and Nor with Worldwide. Well, that was pretty easy, but what's happening on the mobile, the small screen version? Check out the TechBiter Worldwide website to see what's going on here. Clearly, on the smaller site, the text was too wide. It needed to be adjusted for mobile devices. So, I adjusted the size of the type. Now, other changes that I made on the site to text or other headlines in the application were replicated automatically on the mobile version of the website. So, take a look at my test site. There's a link to it from the TechBiter Worldwide website. The bottom line is five cats for Zara Web Designer Although I like to understand what's going on in the background, I can understand why some people might prefer to concentrate on the appearance and allow the application to handle all of the coding. If that describes you, Zara Web Designer is exactly what you're looking for. The price is right and licensing follows the model that I hope will be the future for everybody. You'll find additional details on the Zara website, There is a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website. Who invented email? You may think you know. Everybody knows it was Ray Tomlinson. He died in March. But everybody might not be quite right. Tomlinson, a computer programmer, implemented the first email program on the ARPANET system, which later led to the Internet. This was back in 1971. The use of the at sign to separate the username from the ID of the computer allowed mail to be sent to a user on a different machine. End of story. Or so he thought. Now Dr. Shiva Aduri has filed suit in U.S. District Court in Boston against Gonker Media, writer Sam Biddle, editor John Cook, and CEO Nick Denton, claiming that Gawker made several false and defamatory statements about him, including calling him a fraud, a liar, and a fake. Why would they do this? Well, it's because Dr. Ayaduri says he invented email. So who's right here? Well, it could be one, or the other, or both. Depends on how you look at it. Tomlinson is created with writing a program in 1971 that allowed people sitting at different computer terminals to send each other text messages. Seven years later, Ayaduri, who was 14 years old then, wrote a program that replicated the features of a paper mail system. He added the inbox, the outbox, the concept of drafts, subject, cc, to, and bcc. And therein lies the difference. Perhaps crediting Tomlinson with inventing email would be like crediting the prehistoric guy who created the wheel with inventing the automobile. In the nineteen eighties, Ayodori was awarded a copyright on a program called Email. In those days, software couldn't be patented. Ayodori says there is no single inventor of email. It was built upon improvement after improvement, he says, ever since ARPANET came into being. Tomlinson's primary contribution, and it was huge, was the idea of adding the at sign so that messages could be routed across a network instead of being restricted to a single computer. Ayadura's primary contribution was envisioning an interface that everyone could understand because it modeled physical mail on a computer system. So if somebody asks you who invented email, well, now you have a long story to tell. short circuits, the free upgrades to Windows 10 will be ending soon. When Windows 10 was released, Microsoft said it would be a free upgrade for the first year for users of Windows 7 and Windows 8.1. The one-year period ends on July 30th, and if you haven't upgraded by then, your upgrade will not be free. And so consider this your fair warning. Microsoft this week announced that 300 million devices are now running Windows 10, which makes it one of the fastest adoptions in Microsoft's history. The company's goal is to reach 1 billion active devices by 2018. Windows 10 runs computers, tablets, smartphones, Xbox One consoles, and the HoloLens. In part, the rapid adoption is misleading because some people upgraded without particularly wanting to. In many cases, the upgrades were successful, in some cases, they were not. After the end of July, those who want to upgrade from an earlier version of Windows to Windows 10 will pay for the upgrade. The Windows 10 Home upgrade will cost $119, the Windows Pro upgrade $199. Some had thought that Microsoft would continue to offer the free upgrade policy to continue the rapid adoption, That's not going to be the case. So Microsoft is pushing users to upgrade now, before the end of July, while they can still do it for free. Holmes must be out, so it's up to Watson to solve the problem of cybercrime. IBM says that eight universities will help train Watson for cybersecurity. IBM's Watson seems to have considerably more on the ball than Arthur Conan Doyle's Watson, Holmes's sidekick who saw everything and noticed nothing. Watson will learn the nuances of security research findings and will then be expected to discover patterns and point to cyber attacks well before human observers could see them starting this fall IBM will work with several universities to further train Watson on the language of cybersecurity among the colleges involved California State Polytechnic University the Massachusetts Institute of Technology New York University University of Maryland the University of New Brunswick the University of Ottawa and the University of Waterloo IBM says that its efforts are designed to improve security analysts' capabilities using cognitive systems that automate the connections between data, emerging threats, and remediation strategies. Beta testing will begin later this year. The threat is huge. The average organization, according to IBM, sees over 200,000 pieces of security event data per day, with enterprises spending $1.3 million each per year dealing with false positives alone wasting nearly 21,000 hours of employee time. Couple this with 75,000-plus known software vulnerabilities reported in the National Vulnerability Database, 10,000 security research papers published every year, and more than 60,000 security blogs published every month. It's clear that security analysts are challenged to respond. And the threat is getting worse. I have seen examples of malware that are sent to large companies, Some of the threats are so clearly transparent that it would take a fool to fall for them. Others are sophisticated and difficult for even a cautious, suspicious person to spot. Ideally, automated systems will be able to identify more real threats while not falsely identifying safe messages. IBM Security operates security research, development, and delivery organizations that monitor 20 billion security events every day in more than 130 countries. Most people don't like to be shouted at, and it seems that younger consumers like it less than older folks. A Harris poll conducted on behalf of Lithium Technologies questioned nearly 2,400 consumers from Generation Z, ages 16 to 19, all the way to baby boomers, those of us 60 and older. Perhaps because boomers grew up with radio and television telling them what to ask their parents to buy, They seem more accepting of pushy online services. The survey was sponsored by Lithium Technologies, a company that works with companies to explain how to connect with potential consumers. I know nothing about Lithium Technologies, but I like their approach. Younger social media users don't like to have blatant ads pushed at them in social media feeds. More than half say they have reduced their use of certain services or stopped using them altogether because of ads. It seems like intelligent marketers should know that people like to be talked with, not talked at. Companies that are trying to build trust and loyalty through social media may actually be doing their brands more harm than good. Lithium CEO Rob Tarkoff says that pushing ads on social media alienates consumers, especially the younger generations who make up more than 50% of the population. That's a lot of purchasing power, he says. And it's only going to grow as these generations reach their prime spending years. Social technologies are all about connecting people, he says, not shouting at them. People who use social media understand the Internet and know how to find a product or service that they're interested in. I don't want to see ads clutter my news feed, is what a recent college graduate told the researchers. Younger consumers are more likely to trust information that they seek out for themselves on blogs, websites, or online communities than in what's pushed at them in ads. Trust in online sources is fairly strong across generations, but younger users tend to place more trust in them. Millennials and Gen Z are now more than 50% of the population, so meeting their expectations should be important to brand managers. Everyone is running on internet time now. Decades ago, somebody who had an interest in a product or a service might send a letter or postcard to the company, and you'd expect to receive a brochure a month or so later. When millennials reach out online, four-fifths of them expect a response the same day. But they're not alone. Even 70% of baby boomers expect that kind of response. Lithium has customers in more than 30 countries, For more information and to see the results of the survey, you can visit the company's website. There is a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website. And while you're on the TechBiter Worldwide website, check out Spare Parts. That's the only place you'll find it. There's a new top-level domain for your mom. Western Digital has finalized its acquisition of SanDisk. And the market for wearable electronics is already big, it's growing fast, and it will be huge.